0: One team media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Enjoy the Georgia Bulldogs Podcast for Dogs. The gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go, Dogs. Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, the NC DGD himself, Robert Reynolds. Look, lots to talk about, and right now we're going to talk about the offseason for the Georgia program. You know, lots of things have gone on this offseason, right? I think, obviously, the big keys there with the injury to George Pickens, uh, so that'll get discussed as well, along with a bunch of other stuff, right? Uh, recruiting hits, misses, things like that. Uh, with what we're going to cover today, but first, make sure you tune in to the Dawn of the Dog giveaway, guys. Remember... Two tickets to the Georgia versus South Carolina game. Look, go to lawterrain.com. That's law-t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e.com. You know, buy something, uh, multiple things uh, using code DGD uh, to be entered. Look, if you buy two things, that's two entries right there for the giveaway. Uh, Obviously, giving you a better shot at winning those tickets. That being said, let's get started. Obviously, Big thing uh, this offseason, right, was the injuries. Uh, you know, obviously it's it's rare that you see a team go through without some sort of injury or injuries. Uh, in this case, it seems like Georgia just, you know, definitely got plagued a little bit. Uh, not as bad as, you know, not the quantity, but I think the, quant- uh, the quality who got injured is the key there. So you look at ACL injury, right, with George Pickens, uh, most, You know, most projected that he's going to be out for the most of the year, obviously, in spring camp there. Uh, you know, I'm thinking he's going to be back this season, guys. I uh, really do. And, it's, you know, one of the things about it, though, is he he's coming off that injury, sure. But for some reason, it seems like he's progressed in regards to the rehab. He's doing a lot better in regards to that timeline, which really makes it, I guess you could say, possible, right, that he joins – the team again and plays this season during the regular season. Uh, obviously, if as long as Georgia's uh, title hopes or you know choice uh, chance to playoffs is there. So, looking at that right there, obviously that's a big loss in the receiving core. But let's just keep it in the same room. You know, you look at guys like Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, uh, Dominic Blaylock. You know, both of those guys coming off of their injuries, getting healthy again at the right time. You sit there; they're expected to play, right? So you know, sure you take that hit, but at the same time, you know you're getting guys coming back. A lot of people forgot about Don Blaylock, and honestly, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, kid is a, a true threat uh, in all aspects of uh, on the field. You know, and, and obviously it'll be a welcome addition to have him back. Uh, Marcus Roseme, same thing. You know, you look at the, you know, you look at the injury that he had against Florida, uh, very disturbing in my opinion. Uh, just didn't like the way it sat to me, uh, obviously making his comeback and, and getting back in the game, spe- you know, game shape uh, so he can produce on the field again. Uh, you know, obviously you look at Jermaine Burton, things like that. You know, one of the things here though, too, to stay in the receiver room, you know, let's just do this. You look at what we brought in, right. You bring in Eric Gilbert, Eric Gilbert, you bring in him in, uh, transfer from LSU. Uh, obviously everybody knows the situation now currently, uh, with him being off the team currently due to, or not off the team, uh, away from the team. I should say, let me clear that up. Away from the team, personal issues, thoughts and prayers out to him and his family. Uh, give him all the support that you can. Uh, obviously, you know, looking at that right there, the idea of, you know, having, right, uh, Pickens when he comes back, uh, Gilbert when he comes back, you know, I, I think he will come back. I think it's just a matter of time. Give him space, things like that. But the picture of, you know, Don Blaylock and Jermaine Burton, Arian Smith, Pickens, uh, you know, Gilbert, now that he's here with Georgia, you know, uh, Darnell, right? Darnell obviously got injured as well, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But, you know, that receiving core currently, you know, you start to see the media start to hype it up or kind of put some concern there. I think we will be just fine, guys. There's guys like A.D. Mitchell and Justin Robinson that are more than ready to go and step up and produce in lieu of the Pickens injury until he comes back. Those are guys right there, two of those guys, I think are going to have great seasons, especially in place of Pickens. But you sit there and move to the tight end spot. Obviously, injury uh, to Darnell Washington with his foot. You know, It's going to be interesting to see how he recovers from that when he's able to play, if he comes back for Clemson, which right now I'm kind of doubtful that he is. Uh, you know, but nonetheless, I think you look at it in a sense of, you know, look at the tight end room. It's it's a deep tight end room. You have Darnell. You have uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, Brock Bowers as a freshman is going to light it up, guys. Just saying that right now. The kid has some gifts that, you know, the other guys just don't have uh, and more so with the speed and the route running. I think he fits in perfectly there as to what Darnell Washington doesn't do. It's the exact opposite, but it's a perfect complement for each other. So add that to Fitzpatrick, you know, the experience, things like that. I think the tight end room is set. Uh, obviously looking into, you know, more injuries, right? Uh, go to the defensive side of the ball. Bring in Tyke Smith. Uh, now he's injured with another foot injury. It's uh, going to be curious to see how that plays out. But, uh, you know, bring him in, right? You lose Tyreek Stevenson, a huge contributor on the defense last year, especially at the star position. Now you sit there and you're sitting there have to worry about trying to find that replacement. Next thing you know, Tyke Smith from West Virginia enters the portal, dogs pick him up, and that is your replacement. However, obviously now that you have that foot injury, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he's ready for Clemson. But I'm telling you right now, I think you see a player step up in the Clemson game if Tyke does not go, and that's Latavius Brini. And Latavius Brini has had, I think he's had a great se- off season offseason. And you add that to the fact that against Clemson, you know more than likely Justin Ross is going to be your uh, your slot receiver, and your star could be seeing some coverage against him. I think Brini provides something that helps, uh, really helps uh, against guys like Justin Ross, and that's physicality at the line, disrupt the timing, disrupt their route, things like that, getting them off, the, you know, getting them offline. That right there could could provide. uh, added benefit uh, to the Georgia defense if you can stop those. because let's be honest with DJ at quarterback for Clemson I'm expecting that you sit here and you see these RPOs you sit there you you may see some shots down the field and that's fine I I just think you may see some more uh, you know intermediate to short routes and that's fine that's that's what they're that's what they're going to do and I think because of their offensive line they may have to push that way you know Looking at last season, though, what, what surprised me with Clemson was their you know, their usage of ETN. They really used ETN a ton and just gave him the ball and let him be great. Guy was amazing. But you don't have ETN anymore. But DJ Uyulonglele is not a bad quarterback. He will be just fine. I promise you that. The thing about it is our defensive line, guys, look, everybody knows that Jordan Davis is going to be a mauler. Devontae Wyatt, mark it down. Devontae Wyatt have a breakout year and move his draft stock up tremendously. I just I just have this feeling. You know, defensively you lose you get you know you have several guys drafted mainly you know all four uh defensive backs but it really he'll start down on the line right here with the Z. Azizo Julari gets drafted who's gonna replace him and you look at a guy like you know Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith is another guy. I think it's gonna have a great year. Uh, one of the things that I'm really worried about, Nolan, is you know, everybody looks at the rankings and he hasn't built he hasn't lived up to that billing. You know, let's be honest. Ranking services are what they are, they're not a true testament to the player, things like that. Because they miss. They do. They really do. I hope you understand that recruiting services miss. And there's a couple names that you'll probably understand when I say this, that they missed on. One, Jared Wilson. Guard from Clemens, North Carolina. Georgia commit three-star. Dude is going to be a a, a ridiculous. He's going to be ridiculous uh, trying to stay PG here. And another one, look, A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell is a perfect example. Three-star, underlooked. Guys, these guys are here. These names that you're hearing me tell you right now, keep an eye on those guys because throughout the year and throughout their career, you're going to see them be a problem. For, and they're going to be a great addition to the Georgia team. I promise you, they're going to be great players. They were three starts. So don't get too invested into these recruiting rankings, right? You look at Georgia's recruiting. Currently right now, top 10, not too bad from where the things stand. But a lot of people are looking at the misses that we had, right? You missed on Travis Shaw. Uh, Michael Williams commits to USC. Things like that. And, and, you know, it's easy to overreact. It's easy to overreact and say that Kirby's lost his step in recruiting. That is the farthest thing from the case. And the reason being, the COVID situation has changed recruiting currently. Understand that the recruiting, these coaches, you know, the dead period, if everybody remembers the dead period, I almost, what, 16 months, I think it was, 16 months where coaches couldn't interact in person, kids couldn't go to on campus, uh, you know, and meet up with coaches, things like that. So what we saw in 2021 with Brock, uh, with Brock Vandegrift, right, hosting his own unofficial visit for these guys, that just shows you the times that we were in and the adaptability that these recruits had. So you sit there, you deal with that right there. You know, no, no services are sitting here able to go scout guys, right, things like that. Now that you're sitting there and you start to see that, look, these rankings are going to go through the roof. They're going to be so much like a roller coaster. It's unreal, And that's expected because these guys haven't been able to go camp. They haven't been able to get evaluated by, you know, the only thing they had. Look at AD Mitchell last year. AD Mitchell comes in. The only way Georgia really knew about him from Ole Miss and to pick him up from Ole Miss, he, or I mean, yeah, from Ole Miss, he goes and sends the coaches workout tape over and over and over again until the coaches see something. They're like, hey, we need to get him. Next thing you know, AD Mitchell switches from Ole Miss to Georgia. The rest is history, guys shows you the times that we were in completely different. So, you know, in the past, it's it's always fun. Look, rankings are amusement only. Understand that. They're amusement only. The only thing you should look at them is, you know, I want to understand the player, but don't get too invested in the star system. Let's just be honest. Because there's some three stars right now that are going to be impact players for Georgia moving on. And there's no question about it. I, I just, that's just the way that's going to be. You also look at Kirby's development of three stars. Look, three stars like J.R. Reed, right, just a perfect example. Jordan Davis, guys. Jordan Davis is a three-star out of high school, and this guy is now all-American caliber, and I guarantee he's going to be a first-round pick. That just shows you Eric Stokes is another example. Eric Stokes just drafted first-round three-star guy coming out of uh, Georgia. Are going into Georgia uh, coming out of high school three star. That right there just shows you that rankings aren't everything, guys. So, the people you know, to the listeners that overreact in regards to say that Curry lost his way in regards to recruiting because you lose on a couple of these top targets, you're overdoing it. You're overdoing it. Calm down. What's that? Uh, what's that slogan that uh Aaron Rodgers said? R E L A X, relax. relax. That's exactly what you need to do, and you have to trust in Kirby because I'm telling you right now, Kirby and company will get who they want, and they are going to get the right players. And that's that's all you have to do. You have to understand that. Look, Let's just be honest here, guys. The, our, our friends down in Gainesville, for instance, they're struggling right now in recruiting. They, Kirby puts on a different level of recruiting than you see most other coaches in all of college football. Now, you have your elite programs like your Bama's your Ohio State are hitting on ridiculous amounts of talent, and that's fine. But you sit there and you look at the other guys like Florida, Yeah, you know, Florida thinks that they can get away with just pulling talent. This is going to show this year that you can't do that. You have to recruit at an elite level consistently to be even considered for a championship run. You really do. Because when you look at it this year, Georgia, with our recruiting, we have hit the spot where – there's really no question that we have to make the playoffs because let's be honest, if we don't, it's a down, it's, 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 the downfall for the season. It's just a wash, right? It's just a terrible off. It's just a terrible season. If we don't make the playoffs, With what we have returning and what everybody else lost in the, around the scope of the NCAA look the, the pictures, you know, they're adding up right Two and two is coming together to make four. We have to get it done. The expectations this year for Georgia are higher than I've seen in recent memory, and that's even over the 2017 season, guys. That's that's just the way that's been. So you sit there, you see the expectations coming in through the all season media, you know, loving it, you know. But the funny thing is, guys, the media also loves Florida, and I'm telling you right now, if you've stuck with me, you understand I have Florida finishing fourth in my predictions. They are going to take a significant step back. You cannot replace the talent that they lost this past year, especially on offense. When you, have, when, you, when you lose Trask, you lose Darius Toney, you lose Kyle Pitts. Those guys right there, Trevon Grimes, all impact players that basically took away every bit of your production from, that, from last season, that's gone. And it's going to be – I ain't going to say it's impossible, but with the talent that you've recruited, you're going to have a hard time. I'm telling you right now, if Georgia somehow loses to Florida, Georgia did it to themselves. There's, on paper, I, to me, I see no reason why we don't win by double digits and we have that game blown away by the fourth quarter because their defense is atrocious, guys. They, yes, they return several guys, but what kills Florida, they can't produce pressure on the line. I said it yesterday. Producing pressure, generating pressure on the quarterback is the only way to be successful. That's the the main way to be successful. You know, you can have Kyair along. That's a great player. I love Kyair coming out of high school. But you have to have pressure. Georgia has the ability to sit there and pressure the quarterback, get after the quarterback, sack the quarterback, force chaos. You always hear chaos, right? Chaos, chaos plays. Things like that. Habit plays, right? That is the reason why Georgia's defense and Georgia produces championship-caliber seasons since Kirby's been here at least, that's just the thing that's going on. When you don't have pressure, and we saw this last year when Jordan Davis was not here. When he was out, did, did anybody notice how in, how impactful his uh, absence was? You look at the, the ability to generate pressure. It, it became non-existent almost. There were certain plays where, you know, Aziz was able to get off the edge. But for the most part, you know, just watching Jordan Davis go out, you immediately. saw. And look, Jalen Carter is going to be a monster this year. I'm telling you that now. He's gotten a year better. He's had a full offseason. He's hit another season in the weight room. He's going to cause problems. So the drop off has I think has the, the gap has shrunk. But when we saw him as a true freshman last year, you definitely saw the drop there from when Jordan Davis went out, the ability to impact the pressure on the offensive line went away almost. And, and, it, and it caused Georgia to have to sit here and try to rely on this in the secondary. And you started to see offenses get more yards and make more plays and score more points. That's a reflection of what you're seeing down in Gainesville. The inability to pressure the quarterback caused their defense to have a historically bad season last year. And Florida made the, in my opinion, the ultimate mistake by letting and Gray go. South Carolina picks him up. Look, Torian Gray was not the answer to to let go to fix your defense. In my opinion, I think Grantham is what's holding that defense back. We'll see what happens with an offseason. We'll see what happens. You know, but nonetheless, you know their schedule, guys. The the main thing about Florida that has me finish up has them finish a fourth to me is their schedule. That schedule is absolutely brutal when you bring in Alabama week three. Then you sit there, Kentucky's not, Kentucky's going to give them fits. I have Kentucky beating Florida. And the reason why I say that is because Emory Jones is going to have fits against that Kentucky defense. I've said it over and over again. Stoops' defense never gets enough credit. That defense is ridiculous. It led the league in picks last year and takeaways. You sit here, you look at the front four, it's insane. They're maulers, guys. They, you, I don't care what the record says. Every time you go away playing Kentucky, you know you were in a damn dogfight. It's the way that is. But the ability to generate pressure on off, on the Florida's offensive line this year it's going to cause Emory Jones fits. And, look, their secondary, is you know, Kentucky's secondary is going to be just fine. Kentucky just needs a pass game, and I think what will leave us, that's what's going to happen. They're going to have the ability to throw the ball, move the chains, and keep offenses off the field. You sit there, you do that. And that's the recipe that Kentucky needs. You know, that's the one ingredient that they were missing to have a genuinely good season. They have that. Everybody knows that they're going to be able to establish a run game. Chris Rodriguez is going to be a breakout player in the SEC. If you haven't heard that name, you're going to hear him this year. Mark my words. So at, with that being said, Florida, you've you got to play LSU, Georgia. Those are two losses. Bama, two losses. I think you lose to Kentucky. It could could be a toss up between Kentucky and Missouri, but I'm going to say Kentucky beats them. Four losses right there. You know, just saying. It could be worse. It really could be worse. They could lose five games. Maybe five games. Who knows? But back to Georgia. see here off season. You know, key injuries, key misses. Look, guys, we also got some great players. Everybody's everybody's excited about Branson Robinson. I am. I think he's going to be a great player when he gets to Georgia. Kid is a monster. I'm not going to compare him like I've seen everybody compare him to Nick Chubb, but the kid is a workout animal, right? Workout animal, and I think he's going to bring that. He's going to bring a great skill set to that running back room once he commits. You sit there, get Dylan Bell, right? Things like that. Uh, Matt, uh, was it a uh, Griffin Scroggs is another guy. Look, these names you may not have heard of, but these are great players, right? They're great players. They're going to be good character players as well. You also got, look, Jalen Walker, guys. Jalen Walker is going to be a dog, a dog up here in Salisbury right near me. I promise you, the kid is going to be great. He has a great character as well. But everybody, you know, looking at this right here, you look at the Georgia recruiting class, and it's not even done yet. You know, I think there's a chance that, you know, obviously if you're keeping up with recruiting as much as I do, you know, there's a good chance that you may have Luther Burden, right? Luther Burden decommits from Oklahoma. That's that's right there. That just think of what happens if Luther Burton commits to Georgia, right? That that receiver room just stepped up, and what obviously I think is a deep receiving room anyway. Come next year, if Luther Burton decides to commit, that automatically raises the level of that receiving room immediately, and it raises it drastically. The kid is looks like a physical freak. But you sit there, you have Malachi Starks. Malachi Starks for Georgia is going to be a beast. Dude is going to be an animal. I think he's a pure safety. I think you're going to get a better <clears throat> version of Richard LeCount with Kamar, uh, with Malachi starts. You sit there, you know, the big deal here, looking at it, uh, obviously at one point Georgia has committed. You look at the commit from Bear Alexander and Smoke, both are Smoke Bowie, I should say. With Smoke actually committed to Texas A&M, Bear is trending that way with a final two of Georgia, Texas a and It's going to be interesting to see. I think Georgia's in it for both of them. I, I think I think Dion is probably going to be a lock there. However, Bear, you could still see there's a possibility that he comes, you know, back into this class. But you also, you know, you also look at the number one overall guy. That's Walter Nolan. Walter Nolan just announced the top three as well. Uh, so these are obviously names that you're going to want to keep up with throughout the season as well. Uh, Walter commit, or Walter has his top three of Tennessee, Georgia, Texas A&M. Notice there's a trend there, and that is Texas A&M. Texas A&M, in just this offseason alone, guys, has become a true threat to Georgia, it seems like. And that starts with Nick Williams. The fact that Nick's, Nick Williams goes over to Texas A&M, it immediately triggered some shockwaves uh, on the recruiting front for Georgia. And, and like I said, you look at, you look at the guys that he was crucial in their recruiting process with Smoke. With Bear, both of those guys decommit uh, basically within the same week. It was it was pretty rough, but uh, you, you get those guys decommitting, and obviously Smoke committed to Texas A&M. Texas a and is picking up several great players. Texas a and also sitting here setting themselves up for win now mode. They're going to do whatever it takes to recruit at the highest level, things like that. Right, so they're going to they're going to be fine right there. Uh, so they're going to be a problem, and and Georgia has to learn to overcome and adapt. Uh, you know, and I think honestly, once the season starts and Georgia starts producing and putting product on the field, that's gonna help Georgia in the recruiting front period. It's gonna help a tremendous amount. So looking at that right there, right? So I'm looking forward to, you know from a recruiting standpoint, you've got Oscar Delps, another name that people kind of kind of tied uh, quiet and down on., uh, he's coming up in September uh, to make a commitment or as most would expect around the end of September, probably, uh, which I think he's a dog anyway. Uh, you know, so the, the recruiting class is still got a ways to go in regards to filling out. And look, I tell you that right now, because, you know, the recruiting class itself, look, it's going to be a good one. I think you end up being a top two, top three class, uh, especially if you hit on a couple of guys that we're expecting to hit, you know, obviously there's still some questions, uh, you know, in that recruiting class and more more along the lines of your defensive line, uh, looking at what we're about to be losing with Devontae, Jordan Davis, you have to find that true nose tackle. You have to find it. I think you look at another guy that uh, might not be familiar uh, with everybody's name or in the Georgia program, at least from a fan base standpoint, Sean Williams, uh, you know, Sean Washington, sorry, Sean Washington, uh, down from Edna Carr as a uh, teammate of uh, Cedric Von Prahn, uh, Granger, Right, uh, that's another guy that you should keep your name on uh, that a, could possibly sit here and commit to Georgia. Perhaps not saying that he will, but he there's a possibility. If you're not familiar, uh, at, you know, the thirtieth uh, Monday, uh, Jacob Hood is announcing uh, his commitment. Uh, so that's another name, you know, to make Georgia on commit watch. So you know, you look at other guys like you know, Hero Canoe. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher that name, but I probably did. Uh, you know, there's several guys that Georgia has their eyes on the radar from the defensive line. You know, obviously Travis Shaw going to North Carolina. Look, Travis Shaw is probably the best one outside of Walter Nolan. Period. Uh, high, high, high ceiling. Uh, Mac Brown just got a ridiculous player, uh, ridiculous player, uh, and that just shows you the test. And that shows that's a testament to North Carolina and their philosophy from recruiting, keeping the keeping the top guys in the state. Lock down your state, you know, and that's something that, you know, without Mac Brown there, I don't think he goes to North Carolina. Mac Brown has kind of re that philosophy to lock down your state. Uh, that's what you. That's what you start to see, you know, the, the elite programs when it comes to recruiting, especially with fertile uh, recruiting grounds like your Georgia, like your, uh, you know, kind of like your Louisiana for sure. That's a big one. You know, those guys don't leave the state, and, and the recruiting reflects it. Georgia, you know, is working on that. You know, obviously with the Atlanta area being ridiculously huge hub, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have guys slipping out. There's just too much talent there. But you know, obviously trying to keep the best of the best there. You know, that right there, Travis Shaw committed to, uh, to North Carolina immediately made North Carolina a better team when he comes on. He's going. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a day one starter. Uh, you know, but moving back to Georgia. You know, obviously Walter Nolan's going to be one of the guys that we're keeping our eyes on. Hope that he lands. You know, look, don't be surprised if you start to see Michael Williams or Kristen Miller uh, pop into the fold. I think Kristen Miller is, you know, my prediction. I think he's a dog. I, I think he is. You know, all, all the USC hype is there, and right, being sure, rightfully so. At the end of the day, though, staying home and being a dog is going to is going to win the day. And honestly, you, may, I'm not saying that that it could happen, but I mean, or I'm not saying that it will, but it could. Michael Williams. Michael Williams could decommit. There's always that possibility. You start to see these things depending on teams and how they produce on the field come the season. So, with that being said, you sit there, you look at the product that USC is going to be putting out. Are they going to have a great team? Who knows? Who knows? Helton, I just don't trust it. I think he's going to be gone soon. So, all these things could line up, right? You know, obviously, NIL being a big issue that George is having to work around but I think they're doing a great job so far. I think they could do better, but I think they're doing a great job. You sit there, you look at teams, you know, that you got, these guys are committed to. Who knows if they have a bad season. You see there, you see the idea of these guys dropping commitments, decommitting, and going to places like Georgia. You know, you could see that. So, you know, obviously looking at it right there, there's a lot to keep up with as the season comes, comes through. Uh, you know, this schedule, the schedule, our home schedule is going to make it hard or I'd say more difficult to, to host elite talent. You know, it's not like our typical years where you have, you know, I don't know, like you have a, a marquee home game like Notre Dame in 2019 kids want to go to games like that. Like, this is why, in my opinion, I wish you could see home and homes with, you know, like for, Cle- for the Clemson game, I wish it would be a home and home. Obviously you're going to see that because the scheduling has just worked its way there. But for this game in Charlotte, you know, and, and the cocktail party is another thing. Cocktail party, if it was a home and home every other year, kid, you're going to see elite kids go there, right? So you're you're losing these recruiting weeks, at hosting these uh, t- when you're making these kind of games, these uh, you know, not neutral site games. So that's one of my downfalls. But nonetheless, yeah, you know, I expect Kirby to sit there and make the most out of it. Um, When it comes to that, right, coming to the schedule, look, there's a lot of targets still out there. Georgia still got to finish their board. And I think Georgia does it. And I think they finish in a big way. Kirby is a closer when it comes to recruiting. So trust Kirby and it's going to be fine. But on that note, though, guys, look, make sure you like subscribe on YouTube. You sit there, obviously, wherever you get your podcast, you know, look, I enjoy putting out content. Can't wait for this season. It's going to be great content. You know, make sure to like, subscribe, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, social media, at, uh, at the DGD podcast. Make sure to keep up with us on on the show, right? Keep everything up here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, rate us, review us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like I said, wherever you get your podcast, you can find the show. Uh, look, starting uh, from this episode on, Throughout the season, we're going to be uh, Juan Daniels is going to be with me, and we're going to be obviously working on previews, reviews, uh, in-depth analysis, of what we saw on the game. Obviously, news is going to be coming through the season. There's going to be a lot of it. It's coming at you hard and heavy. But look for this episode of the DGD podcast. Have a great day, go dogs! It's the DGD podcast. Go dogs!